0: Normally I'm on, on general classification and no teams let me go. So yeah. uh, that's that's normally why I I, I, I don't I don't even bother entering, entering breakaways. Hey podcast listener, you're listening to the Semi Pro Cycling Podcast. The weekly podcast where we discuss all the issues that cyclists talk about. Whether you're out training, commuting or just riding around. Sit down and listen in because we're about to begin. I, I, I got something to say. Yo-ho! Welcome to episode 61 of the Semi-Pro Cycling Podcast, where we believe that only a semi-pro cyclist rides for love and not money. If you stick around to the end, I'll fill you in on the quote from the top of the show and let you know who is not usually allowed in breaks. Hey there, semi-pros. My name is Damien Roos. I'm the founder of Semi-Pro Cycling, home of the Semi-Pro Cyclist. And again, this week, I want to start off with a very quick review. Awesome podcast, five stars from Andy27P from Aussie Land. Just found this podcast by chance i've listened to five six in a row and i'm addicted already can't wait for more a must listen for any keen cyclist andy 27p thank you for taking the time straight off the bat to write a review i love that stuff but a reminder to you that if you do love the show please take some time out to go to itunes and write a review for me thank you very 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 much Now, the news this week and the welter, I feel like it's just slipping past. I'm not watching it every day and I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the effect of three grand tours this year because, I mean, even Nibali is saying how hard it is to back up. I know he's going for the win in two, but come on, spectating sometimes is just as hard. Either way, I've caught a couple of great finishes slipping off the front quietly or sprinting. There has been some really class riding out there, but as we run into the finish... The talk is all about Nibali losing power. And is this just fuel on the fire for Horner to come through and take this grand win? And I've got to say, I think Horner must be absolutely hungry for this because this is it for him and I think he knows it and how can you match that? How can Nibbly really match that when this is his last chance? This is going to be a test of who wants it most and my money right now is on Horner so go team USA I have to say it. Now in a great contrast to talking about an American racing in Spain, let's talk about an Australian racing in Canada Tour of Alberta has wrapped up Rowan Dennis, Team Garmin sharp, finished in the leading group in a bunch sprint at the finish of the fifth stage and the final stage in Calgary, and it gave him the victory for the overall tour, which is absolutely smashing for this young dude. He's had a great couple of years, and it's set to continue, in my opinion, because this season was outstanding, absolutely outstanding in his debut season, so it's all up from here. Good on you, Canada, for running a solid race and definitely Rowan Dennis, a name to continue to watch out for as we keep moving forward over the seasons. And the only bit of other news that I want to bring up is the Tour of Britain starts this Sunday. For everyone listening in the UK, I hope you get a chance to go and check it out. Eight-stage tour. B-Rad is leading Sky. Let's see what he can do leading up to Worlds. He has targeted the time trial, and I don't know if he can beat Tony Martin. Although I saw a picture of Tony Martin the other day, and he has a massive head. I don't know how that works with aerodynamics, but I got to say, even Mick Rogers has a massive head. So there must be something to it. Tour of Britain gets underway on Sunday. It's usually the race where bright shining stars first sort of make their appearance on the international scene so keep an eye out for any young guns trying to make their name in the next week it makes for exciting racing just like in the tour down under when young aussie guys get a chance to actually show off in front of the big teams Okay, so the nuts and bolts this week, the season review, what have you done this season? It's really the most important question to ask yourself when you're finishing up your season. And so here, really, I'm talking to US, UK, Europe kind of folks, but also in Australia, road is wrapping up and it's transitioning across to the summer season, whatever that means for you, whether it is mountain biking or Crit season. There definitely is a bit of a lull around this time of year when it comes to big A races to focus on. So I wanted to take some time out before you get into your annual training plan. And this is like the step, the step that goes before that. Because what have you done this season really covers so much ground that it can give you really clear insight into where to look or where to head or where to plan when you're going forward. So it's really important to carefully assess how your training and racing went this season before you can truly plan for the upcoming year. The whole point of this exercise is to have a really objective and critical examination of how closely your season followed your plan from last year. Doing a season review is best done with a trusted partner. You could just get a whole bunch of cycling buddies around but if you race in the same category there might be some conflicting interests when it comes to planning out your season. So getting together with a trusted cycling buddy or a coach becomes invaluable to cut through our natural tendency to rationalize away our successes and shortcomings. So having another person is all about looking for training patterns that you may not recognize. It's also about some tough love. Having an objective as possible way to assess your strengths and weaknesses in your training and racing. So moving forward, you're not kidding yourself and wasting time and effort. So as a part of the review, I want you to note down the answers to the following questions. Number one, did you meet your racing goals? So basically, racing goals are kind of why we do it, right? Well, there's a whole other bunch of things to go into it, but the most tangible result that you can get from a racing season is, did you win or did you at least live up to the plan that you put together last year? You can do this by analysing your key races carefully. You might already have done this after the race, but after some time and having your trusted partner with you might give you an insight into how you rode that will give you a different way of looking at it. Things like if you missed the break or the move, was it tactical, physical positioning? Was it because you blew up halfway in the six kilometre climb that you didn't get to the end? Were you in the final break but lost because of your sprint? Were you fatigued from overtraining or racing too much? This is all critical information in order to truly identify the areas that need focus in your training. So you might already have yourself pegged as a certain type of rider, but my hope is that looking at all of these questions and looking at the races specifically, that it's going to confirm this or it's going to make you reconsider. So looking at the facts and having someone else with you to go through those will give you an idea of whether you're just kidding yourself as far as your physical abilities, or you are just underestimating certain things and you should keep going the way you're going. But definitely note down three tactical elements that need work, and three that are good. So Give yourself some props, but also at the same time, look at the three things that you could work on next season. And definitely do the same thing for physiological elements. So note where you're strong, three of those things, and note three areas where you're weak and you could work on them. And that is going to be valuable information when it comes to your annual training plan. So question number two, do your training efforts truly replicate what is needed during competition? Take a look through your racing and data files, and if possible, the best place to start is with direct comparisons in software like WKO Plus, but it can be done without it. Take note of your exact workload across the different types of races you compete in. Metrics like normalized power or or maximum effort or power over 5 minutes, 20 minutes. Choose one or two or three metrics that you can capture the entire profile of a race, and then take that and match it to training data, specifically if there's any training races you do or just the different parts of your system that you're training with those metrics and match them to the types of training that you did throughout the season. How do they match up? That's the big question that you need to ask yourself here. So is it a case of just not being fit or strong enough to keep up, but you're doing the right type of work? So you on that progressive linear scale where you're just slowly getting to that point where you will eventually be able to keep up and it's not that you're doing the wrong things? Or are uh, most of your rides at tempo or steady state but your races require constant accelerations and recovery? So they're two different styles. So does your training match this? And if it doesn't, can you change this when it comes to next season? Now is the time to work out the 80-20. It should become quite clear how your body responded to the racing you did. So having a look at how you actually responded and how much you could handle the racing that you're doing, you're looking at the 20% of your training that makes up 80% of the results that you would get in racing. So what else worked this year? Again, this is where another person comes into their own here. If you didn't meet your goals, there might have been areas of your training that were still a success. So an easy way to give yourself a visual cue is to mark down great days when you have them during the season. And then you can look back and you can really dig into what made it a great day. Because there are so many factors that can go into it. It could be any number of things that, What it's all really about is knowing how your body responds to training and how you can plan training peaks, and then you can nail your A races. You're basically looking to understand exactly what went right so that you can replicate it. If your tapering worked, you want to know exactly what you did, and I've sort of spoken about this in regards to peaking before where it can come down to just working backwards from successful races but also at the same time it's understanding how your body reacts to training and then you have to adjust it because not every peak going towards a race or a tapering effort going towards a race is going to be the same because all the variables that can change. But other things like if you found it too easy to sprint for KOMs, for example, you need to understand the strength behind this and then you can work backwards and see how you actually got it and then so you can replicate that again during the next season. So if you go back and match these tactical and physiological strengths from the first question, do they match up? That's a pretty interesting question. And again, it's either confirming that you're in the right spot where you put yourself or you're not and you need to reassess and change. So did you meet your training goal? is the next question. And specifically, were you able to meet your planned weekly training volume? How close were you to your set target? Do you need to be more realistic about the time that you have next season? Did you not factor in planning or having a flat tire before going out to ride like my two flats this week or just other things got in the way? This one is fairly obvious but it has to be put in there because there are so many variables that contribute to it but putting it down on paper, it'll make it a lot easier to stick to when it comes to putting your ATP together and you'll have a better understanding of how your weeks are structured. The next question is, did you meet your fitness goals? So as far as putting goals together, you want to put down a fitness goal and a race goal and did you meet your fitness goals over the season? Whatever performance metric you use, what improvement did you see? It's good. to have a tangible number in front of you whether it is a performance improvement or it's not it's good to understand how the kilometers you did and the hours you did relate to that or the specific training and, and joining all these dots together. Overall though, did you even set a goal and did you reach it? That was kind of the first question that you should be asking last year and now you're looking at the results of whether you reach that or not. But this does break down into monthly or whatever, but we're not going to get into that right now because again, this feeds into forming a realistic picture of your limiters and strengths and looking over your power ranges. Was there any greater gains, in one area over another or did you train those specifically or did they just occur naturally? These kinds of questions will really help you focus on what made the difference for your specific fitness goal over this season. And again, do they confirm what type of rider you are or do they contradict your positioning as a sprinter or a climber or wherever you place yourself as a cyclist? Were there significant deviations from your original program due to illness, family, work commitments? How effective were your adjustments to these changes? Were you able to adjust so that you really didn't see any change in your fitness or did they just absolutely smash you? And do you need more planning and thinking about what happens when these types of events occur? So you need this information to plan for the future because these setbacks will come and knowing how you get past these is going to be the best way to deal with it when it actually happens. But of course, you're trying to predict it before it actually happens so you can plan for it. But this definitely leads perfectly into the next question, which is how quickly can you recover from hard workouts or heavy periods of training? It's all about what are your signs of overtraining? Everybody responds to training and recovers at different rates. And you need to program your training based on your own parameters. And this is essentially what we're talking about here. But the performance management chart here is the best tool and it's really great looking back across a season and finding out those spots where you got sick or you were on the verge of overtraining or just noting where the load was and how the build-up to that load occurred, whether it was really fast or slow or there was a dip. There must be elements in there that relate to the illness or the overtraining state itself and identifying those will then help you in planning so you know that you can only move at 5% increases of intensity per week, for example, or you know that you need three days off after a block of two weeks, and that will then mean that your training load dips just enough so it doesn't go into the danger zone. But while we are on the topic of data, now is the perfect time to actually set up your ability to track trends, and a good motivating way to get started is by pulling this season's data out. So what metrics do you record? What metrics do you keep an eye on? Finding a meaningful way to to compile this data is where you're going to get your best feedback. So I saw a really good one today, which was your weight versus your FTP versus your power per kilograms. Actually seeing that on a chart really made it clear where the person was maximizing the power that they are producing and what the effect of weight actually has and you can see over a season the fluctuations and the interesting thing matching that to the training and whether that was actually planned because nutrition is just one of those things that is sometimes the last thing you think about when it comes to any type of training so the most difficult thing in the middle of the season is to make any sharp adjustments or just irrational adjustments to nutrition and then not knowing the consequences until it's too late but now is the time where you can look back and kind of measure those things. Another one that I do use and I put a chart together my self which is um, heart rate variability and TRIMP. TRIMP is basically a metric that sums up the training load in relation to heart rate and average speed and heart rate variability of course is the timing between heartbeats and it's said that the higher it is, the more recovered you are. So just watching those numbers and seeing how my fitness is affected by that has actually given me an idea of how much I can trust the heart rate variable metric and also how much I can trust the trimp metric and I can kind of figure out where I would get into trouble if I'm too high in trimp and I'm too low in heart rate variability. So after you do all of that and you've got all this stuff in front of you, what's next? Well, you put your feet up and take a break. It's the off season. But keeping all of that stuff there, you've got to keep it ticking over in your mind. I don't know exactly when you want to put together your annual training plan, but I would say that all of this data is really going to help you make decisions when it comes down to the nitty-gritty. So definitely starting at that wider level and working down each one of these questions and the information that you get from this is going to point you in a certain direction and all the rest is kind of just up to the logistics of fitting it all into your life. But as far as the off-season is concerned, I do believe it is the most important time for mental rest. Give yourself a break from any structured work as far as the physical stuff is concerned, I'm kind of sitting on the fence right at the moment. I've always been a believer of complete time off everything. So not doing a single thing, but I'm kind of, as I'm getting older, coming around to this idea of at least putting in some type of intensity in that complete rest season. So I'm not just totally smashing myself to get back to where I was and I can build up from a higher fitness base that's carried over from the year before. I'm not going to get into that right now because the off-season topic is huge because there are A lot of other considerations to make. This is the time of the year that you're testing out new equipment. You may be changing your position. You may be changing your bike. You may get a a health and physical examination. Look at your aero positioning. All of these things can contribute to your year. And I really want to dedicate an entire episode to it. I do know absolutely one thing that I can tell you right now about the off-season. And what you do makes a huge difference to your whole season but let's get into that next week. So now the tech hacks and products section. And I want to talk about a product this week. Cyclops, Cyclops, Cyclops Power Cal. I put some serious thought into purchasing this item over the past week. And I've got to say, I was very close to actually purchasing it because it makes a lot of sense to me. If you don't know what the PowerCal is, it's a heart rate strap that does come in AMP plus and Bluetooth that essentially Cyclops, because they are the power company, well, one of the major players in the power meter market, they've been able to take all of their data and I don't know whether it's a complex algorithm that they've put together, but whatever it is, it's matching the data that they have on heart rate and power and other variables, say like speed. And putting those in so when you're riding on the bike, it's actually spitting out a power number based on what everybody else has done at some other time with real power meters. So it's not like an iBike that is just making a calculation based on wind speed and all external factors like that. This is just matching what you're doing at the moment to what has been done by thousands of people, and then taking the average of that or whatever, how they figure it out, and then coming up with a power number that represents that. So I have read a review on this from DC Rainmaker, the king of tech reviews, and I've got to say it was encouraging, and it was encouraging for the main reason that I was I was thinking about getting it, which is long intervals. So he says that it's potentially not good for short stuff, which... I could definitely understand that because even a heart rate is not good for short stuff and there is part of a heart rate element that is built into this. For the longer stuff, it may not give an exact accurate reading, but it definitely is able to give a consistent reading over time. So you will be able to benchmark if you do use this. I would consider it, it's a hundred bucks, around a hundred bucks. And it's definitely something that is innovation for the better. I think that it's quite a clever idea and it probably is the best gateway drug to power that Cyclops could come up with, especially because of the price point but because of the effectiveness of it and you probably, if you do get into it, I can see you'd be definitely tempted to take your power training further. Now, that quote from the top of the show did you guess it? Of course it's Cadel. And I have to say, stage four of the Tour of Alberta, watching him win in the breakaway, it was such a treat. I don't know the last time I've seen him actually sprint like that for a win and come away with it, and look like a normal bike rider. I don't really know how to put this, but sometimes GC riders to me feel like that they're not actually racing. Of course, when it comes down to it, they're putting it in in the big stages, and it's high-pressure stuff, but sometimes it doesn't feel like they're putting it in, because you can romanticize about Cancellara or Boonin and putting it in in the classics and breaking away from a group of people and you know celebrating the win on that day but it's kind of delayed gratification when you're watching a GC rider do their thing and actually seeing Cadell come away with a win from a sprint and play some tactics in it, you know, sitting on wheels the entire time, not sprinting or putting energy, any energy right until the end. He just played every single person that was in that break. And it was really good to see that, that he has some tactics in his head and it's not just hurting at the front. And I've got to say, well done, Cadell. I hope it's not the last time that we see you winning in a world tour event, but it was definitely very, very exciting to watch. And that is it. For this week, so till next week, get on your bike and enjoy the pain cave or the hurt box, whichever one you're into.